liberals and Democrats and Republicans and conservatives, there's been so much blurring of the lines between those and so much co-opting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, liberals, um, even 20, 30 years ago, they, they weren't horrible people. They were kind of laissez-faire and live and let live. You do what you want. Now, they're, now they are the Nazis. They are the Nazis. Welcome back to the interview podcast on the Y Millbank Podcast Network from Millbank, South Dakota. This is Craig Weinberg. If you want to help support the show, you can. We are supported by the value for value model where you get to choose the amount of value that you get out of the show. Turn that into dollars and send it our way. You can do that if you go to the interviewpodcast.org. Click on the donate today button. You can do that. Uh, another way to help support the show is share it out to your friends, get more people listening uh, so we can continue these conversations with people around the world. Today is a crazy honor of mine, uh, someone that I've looked up to as a, a phenomenal voice and his uh, uh, insights are fascinating. Larry Blydner is here from That Larry Show. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Let's jump right into it. Larry Blydner of That Larry Show. Yes. Um, where, where did that come from? That show. Uh, that's a good question. I just figured um, something you know easy to remember. No tricky spellings. You know, I see these. I see these podcasts that just <laughs> boggle the mind where they they give a, a name for it that has misspelled words or there's yep. numbers and asterisks mm-hmm. in the title and think. I think why how would you expect anybody ever to find that? <laughs> well, th- that's exactly right. I mean, my, and well, I think of that when people name their children as well. Yeah, because you just gave your kid a job their entire life, explaining right. away what how dumb their parents were. Thanks. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. my mom. And the worst me. is the ones. I mean, there's the tricky names, you know, fruits and vegetables and you know, galaxies <laughs> right. and so forth. But the worst by far, um, I saw a guy in. Um, in Malibu at a playground a few years ago and my kids were younger and his son, one kid was named Zeus. Um, was he, the other one wasn't Apollo cause it was some, something, but he had his, both his kids named, were named after gods. And I thought you, you, what, what an idiot you are. What have you done <laughs> right. to them? Right. Yeah. Cause you do, I mean, you have to consider, um, you know, your kids as adults. And we yes. did that. We did that. We named our kids. We have four. Um, and, uh, we wanted names that were timeless, you know, weren't trendy, uh, right. but also we wanted our kids to be called their name. Like, I don't understand. Like my oldest son is named Calvin. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he's not Cal. That's not, it's not his name. Right. And our next kid was Edward. He's not Eddie. And so when people call him that, yeah. wherever our whole family is like, who are you talking about? That's not Who's our, that? <laughs> we didn't name him that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you going to call him Eddie? No, we're not. Thank you very yeah. much. So yeah, it's uh we decide to name them what we or call them what we name them. How weird! Yeah, is it true? It's a good thing. It's no. Good thing they didn't grow up in in New York in an Italian neighborhood because they would never let you away from that. Well, that's different. That's Joey, right? Joey, <laughs> and they would have to stick like you. You would not be Craig there. You'd no. be Craigie. They yes. have to stick any e on the end of everything. <laughs> but Craig-y see, when you say it like that, you know, without much love, it it almost works. So it kind of yes. feels right. <laughs> so I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> Here in the Midwest, I grew up in Oregon, so I'm from the the West Coast. But uh-huh. <clears throat> crazy. Um, so I was doing a little digging about because I first found well, I found your voice 
well, I don't know when, long time ago. Uh, I kind of think it was, <laughs> I had, I was listening to the uh, No Agenda stream some years back. And, oh. you know, after the, the No Agenda show went off air, they kicked on something else. And all of a sudden, I was half asleep in a nap on a Sunday. And I yeah. heard this butter, this, this, this glorious voice, <laughs> just <laughs> purring along. I was like, what is that? And then I thought that I recognized it from uh, an audiobook. Have you done audiobooks? I've done books, but not an audiobook. No. Hmm. <clears throat> Maybe it was just, I don't know. But, and Which then, yeah. uh, it must, must have been. And then uh, I heard some talk about that Larry show, so I looked it up. Uh, and then, uh, honestly, I, I had gone on and I still it would come back to it every now and then. And then I just ran across uh, Planet Rage, let you do with uh, Darren O'Neill. Oh, wow. And Darren. thought, well, shoot, cool. it's Larry. I got to talk to that guy because it's fascinating. <laughs> Is it true? <clears throat> that you, uh, as a child, were uh, bet you can't eat just one from that's, Lay's. That's, that's correct. That's what true. is that story? Yes, yes. that's true. Guilty. So, clearly you didn't have the, the illustrious voice you do now. But Well, you know, it wasn't did too you long until I did, which is was <laughs> very weird growing up, because by the time I was about 14 or 15, I sounded pretty much as I do now. Are you serious? Yeah. And so people it was really weird. You know, people would talk to me on the phone and then, you know, we'd meet and they'd just look at me like, no, you're not that guy. It was very strange. After a while, I grew into it. So, yeah. Have you always been on the West Coast? No, I grew up in New York. Oh. Lived there a long time. And uh, when I'd had enough of that, I uh, migrated out here. And now that I've had enough of this, I don't know where the hell I'm going next. <laughs> Somewhere that's I'm not get, there. <laughs> getting out of LA, that's for sure. <laughs> right. <So>. Um, <clears throat> How long have you been a writer? Because you have some I guess books. all my life. Yeah. You know, um, but, uh, you know, I, there were a lot of uh, bumps and turns along the way. Uh, you know, I, I was a corporate suit for many years. And, uh, but always, always doing something on the side, always something uh, in a, in the, in the written word mm -hmm. realm, you know, all along. Yeah. So, so like the freelancer moonlight, things like that. Okay. Yeah. So, so the, the kid acting gig, how did that come about like way back? Uh, that was, uh, just kind of a weird thing. Um, my, my, uh, brother had been, um, in a department store having his picture taken on Santa's lap. <laughs> and some guy said, Hey, to my mom, Hey, that's a really cute kid. He should, you know, he should do commercials. <laughs> not not your brother so. talking about you. No, not, not me, my brother. Oh, okay. So uh, she said, uh, well, okay. And and so, you know, he did a couple and then um, somehow, I guess I was at somewhere in a shoot or whatever. And somebody said, hey, look at that redheaded kid. Can you do this? <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, when I was three, uh, I did my first commercial for Downey Fabric Softener. And when my, you were the three? The money line was my... I was three, oh, and the wow. money line was my my jeans are scratchy, mom. <laughs> so put them in with the downy, and they fixed that. And boy, I went. Yeah. Do Do we so, have evidence of this that can be found uh, somewhere? You know, in a vault in New York, there might be. I, that would be awesome. I really don't know. I don't. I don't have. You know, I don't have my real <laughs> <laughs> from when you're three. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. So, um, did you? When did you get back into advertising? Because you, you've done some advertising writing, correct? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I worked, um, I was a promotion guy at ABC TV for years Okay, and uh, worked for a big magazine in New York and so forth. And so, uh, yeah, I've, I've worn a lot of hats, you know, over the years. 
so in you know dabbled in films and television and you name it so yeah do you make money off of your voice currently uh just the podcast okay you know i have a nice uh you know my my, my listeners are quite uh generous and i'm very grateful for that yeah mm-hmm. so you have a book called i'll never have sex with you again well that was yeah way that back was a, right that was co-written with my wife okay um and uh, then there was a follow-up to that called Mac Daddy a few years later. Was it was it designed to be kind of a the, the part two? Uh, it, 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 yeah, I guess it was because what happened was the first one did very well. Mm-hmm. And that was I'll Never Have Sex With You Again was a collection of birthing stories, um, dozens and dozens of them from. And that was one of the beauties of living in L.A. It was, you know, there was labor nurses and OBGYNs and, mm-hmm. you know, letter carriers and just plain folks and then it was liberally peppered with uh you know celebs uh you know nikki six from motley crew to uh pat boone i mean you name it there is loaded with them so d- did you did... go find them like solicit these stories well uh yeah i mean it was it, w- it really wasn't that hard getting a hold of, of people uh you know my wife she's a journalist also so <laughs> okay. she had a pretty good rolodex and um you know they were people people love to talk about their kids and how they were born and it made a pretty good read and did did nicely, uh, sold well. And then um, I guess by the time my kids were just about school age, uh, this editor I know from New York called me and said, "Have you thought about doing some kind of a follow up?" Hmm. And that that was the start of of Mac Daddy. And Mac Daddy was like from you know, uh, it continued the franchise for older kids, of course, from infants. So, and it was a lightning rod. People either people either loved or hated that book. There was no middle ground about it. What, what would the hate come from? Uh, how how dare you because, classify us? No, the hate became, you know, I was, I was kind of, um, the, part of the, the impetus for the book was the fact that I feel, and I still do very much, that, uh, that fathers are a terribly maligned group by the media. Oh. Um, you know, according to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, sitcoms mo- especially. Oh, man. Exactly. You got it, Craig. Mm-hmm. When a guy, the moment a guy becomes a a dad, he's he an becomes idiot. obese. <laughs> right. He loses. He loses. He gains fifty pounds. Loses fifty IQ points. Yeah. And according to Hollywood, the American dad is an idiot who lies on the couch surfing through sports shows all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and mom, mom is hip slick and cool and goes to a six figure job and just kind of puts up with him. And he's just an impediment to everything, including raising the kids. And, you know, I, my dad wasn't like that. And I, I really don't know any guys like that. But <laughs> according to Hollywood, that's who dad is. And so a lot of people took great umbrage at that because they felt that that is what, you know, fathers are about. So that oh, was, that's, oh. that's how it drew the hate. So so it shouldn't have been. You're, you're not. <laughs> I see. <laughs> so so they were mad because you were calling them out for something they thought was true. Correct. Correct. Ah, yeah. Okay yeah weird so yeah so. <laughs> it was weird <laughs> but like i always say craig if if somebody's not pissed at you you're probably a loser so well, okay that that's a good point <clears throat> maybe yeah. unless you're a politician yeah. um, well <laughs> that's another can of worms have you yeah. let's open it have you always hated politicians i have i have always hated them yes yes i find them uh scoundrels um you know 
I mean, it, I shouldn't. I should rephrase that. I should say I, I despise career politicians. Mm, yes, I don't that, think that's they a good classification. Yes, that's okay? a good they classification. Should not be allowed to exist. It should be one term, two terms. You're done. Go away. Somebody new. <laughs> so I asked uh, one of our senators in South Dakota. Um, yes. About that que- that concept. Um, year mm-hmm. probably two years ago now. Had him on the show. Um, yeah. And asked him that, you know, let's talk term limits. What's the deal? He's been in, I think he's in his second term in the Senate currently. Um, mm-hmm. So, what, six years at a time? So he's eight, ten, eight, eight years in, I think, at this point. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about, poli- or let's talk about uh, you know, term limits. What about him? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm for them unt- unless, basically it was, uh, <laughs> unless. it's a good idea, but we shouldn't have yeah. them until uh, all the bureaucrats have term limits as well. And lobbyists, which I can almost see that as a somewhat realistic uh, reason. Mm-hmm. I still don't know if it's enough because, and, and they also yeah. claim, well, we have a term limit. It's the voting box. You know, everyone gets right. to do that. Sure, so, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, we don't know if right. we're coming back next time. Really? Tell that to Dianne yeah. Feinstein. Right. I mean, Nancy Pelosi. I mean, let's, let's talk yes. about some career politicians. Mitch McConnell. Yeah. I mean, how long right. have these people been there? You could you could not be more right. Grassley, I mean, what's he ninety? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my goodness, it's lifetime employment, Cadillac yeah. benefits. Yeah. Um, it's really it's really if you really uh, drill down, you don't have to go very far. Um, it pencils out to more of a monarchy than a, a republic democracy when you look at, at at the length these people hold on to those seats of power. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. staggering and sickening. <laughs> it is sickening. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, so. And the this, lobbyists, you know, I disagree with that guy on that uh, 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 that uh, item because there should be no lobbyists, period. None. Okay, so then how would we ever get um, these politicians to know anything? Because the reality is half of these people that go to, to D.C. Right. are clueless. True. They're, yeah. They have no idea about real world. And the lobbyists, theoretically, were there to educate them, to help them understand the actual, you know, <laughs> how, how cell phones work and how the right. Internet works. And so that's what they're there for. So would we have an issue then having a bunch of politicians who really are adults? Well, I, you know, I would liken the, the, you know, the, the lobbyists. Let's say, uh, put it in another context. Let's say you've got uh, an aircraft carrier with 5,000 swabbies coming into uh, San Diego Bay, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, you know, 10 minutes before they're throwing the, the, lock, the lines to the capstans, um, you know, there will be um, squadrons of hookers there to meet that ship. And that's what the, that's what the lobbyists are. So do, do we really want them getting educated in that way? I don't, I don't think so. But what if you they know? knew how to throw the rope and they were just there to educate? <laughs> I mean, come on, Larry. <laughs> you know, let them. You know, let them work for. Let them work for their pay. You know, they get pretty damn good pay grades. They get yeah. the best bannies in the world. Uh, you know, do your own due due diligence there. Mm. But that know. would that would require work. And and that is would it, require work precisely. Is yes, it possible? Because the claim is, well, there's just not enough time because we have so much to do. Maybe then. Uh, is government just at the federal level just too big? And so that's the bigger problem. So we need to pare that down in order to have these politicians actually able to do the work. Oh, there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, what is it? Something like uh, one in every four or five people in the 
country are now employed directly oh, or by indirectly the, by, the, by the federal yeah. government. So, yeah. Yeah, that's oh. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. The, so. the, the breaking news that's been out lately uh, is Pelosi is finally um, willing to explore insider trade. I'm sorry, congressional legal trading um, mm. on information that no one else has. Sure. Um, <clears throat> is that uh, problematic? <clears throat> that that's been allowed. I mean, that's one of their words, Craig. <laughs> Problematic. Be careful. Um, I, you know, I just say I, I, I believe that when I see it. I mean, she's worth um, allegedly something in the neighborhood of 140, 150 million bucks. Um, she lays that off on her husband, who's mm-hmm. some type of an investment guy, hedge fund guy, whatever it is. But there was quite a uh, quite a hot scandal that was squelched regarding her and hubby. I think it was about 20 years ago. Um, they got some kind of an insider uh, uh, tip on, I'm going to say it had something to do with Visa credit cards. Oh, I, mean, I think I remember some of that. Oh, yeah. And there was there was a, a brewing scandal, and somehow it just quickly went away. So I, I, I'd be very interested to see if Nancy really pursues <laughs> that, uh, that path. I doubt it. <clears throat> well, if it becomes uh, politically um, expedient, you might. Yeah. Yeah. She'll blame it on the Russians. <laughs> That's working well. <laughs> <laughs> Russians. Right. They're coming. They're coming. Um, wasn't that a comedy? The Russians. That was coming. an old movie. Alan Arkin and yeah. uh, who else? Yeah. Uh, how did you uh, hook up with Darren O'Neill? Oh, by the weirdest way. Uh, well, not the weirdest, the most improbable. I was, uh, you know, I was doing my, my, my podcast. I was at it for some time and I was just... I just cobbled together some crap myself from, you know, old, uh, an old sure microphone of, you know, more of a vocalist mic from yeah. when I had my band a thousand years ago. And, oh uh, man, we got to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. And I was, and I was recording onto uh, what the hell did I, I was using. I, for, I forget what it was. It was, a, it was a really crappy Fisher price setup. And so I saw a, uh, a preamp. I realized I needed one of those. I started mm-hmm. upgrading my stuff and I saw this preamp on, on Amazon and it looked okay. It was a decent price. And uh, then, you know, it had all the reviews and there was a video review from Darren. Really? Yes. And, and there was a question, you know, you know how they have, you, do you want to ask this guy a question mm-hmm. or something? And so I did. And he, he got back to me very quickly with a really smart, concise <laughs> answer. <laughs> and so that's, we just started kind of trading, I guess, emails or I forget what the hell it was. And then um, he said that he was, he, you know, he was asked why I was doing this. And I said, for a podcast. And he said, well, you know, I used to do a podcast. I'm thinking of doing it again, mm. but I don't know. I, you know, my, my partner left town or whatever it was or something like that. And I said, well, why don't you do it, do it alone? That's how I do it. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not easy, but I'm sure, I mean, you're, you do an interview, interview format and I'm sure once in a while, somebody just punts on you. Where are they? <laughs> <laughs> or, or they, they just get, uh, you know, they're tongue tied or they don't want to talk. Whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a factor that you have to deal with that. I don't have to deal with on the other side, on the other hand, I have to run my mouth continuously. There's nobody to play off and I can get boring. So anyway, Darren did it. His podcast called random is very good. It's, I think it's his fourth year now. And is he's that R-A-N-D-U-M-B? D-U-M-B. Yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. two others. He's got he's got the uh, the, uh, the uh, unrelenting. He's got uh, um, uh, one with me. Uh, so great, you know. And that's that's how it started. Okay. Yeah. Planet so, Rage. is your gear is your gear all uh, 
up to date now? It's it's pretty good. I yeah. you know, although Darren's, it sounds like he's he's admission control in Houston. There, he's got like five screens on his desk. Yeah. And I, mean, I mean, Darren's a hardcore techie. Mm-hmm. For me, tech is just you know, it's like how do I get this set up, set and forget, <laughs> never have to screw around with it again. Gotcha. That's my tech. You know, yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's good to have people like Darren. It and sure I, I'm, is. I'm kind of a nerd myself. This room was pretty nuts in here. If you're hanging, it's out pretty. There. It looks pretty yeah. high tech. <laughs> That's there, fun, Craig. It, it really does. Yeah. But I, I'm a live sound engineer guy, so I, I like that world too. Ah, so. Okay, it's worked out, and I love broadcast. Uh, and so it's been kind of fun. Um, <clears throat> you a whiskey guy? <laughs> um, I like a, a bourbon now and then. Some scotches. Yeah, yeah. Not sure why that was on. I'm not sure why that came up. <laughs> My favorite is uh, Lagavulin. Ah, which which the 16, I presume. Uh, yeah, you can't find the 12 anymore. Uh, I have never the seen 16. the 12. Now, I did just acquire because yeah. I have begun a Scotch collection myself. Have you? Um, I, I I'm starting a, a shelf. Uh, actually, it's up in an attic area in our house. Uh, mm-hmm. so nothing's open. It's just becoming. It's growing. Um, oh, cool. And I found because Nick Offerman who was Ron Swanson on uh, Parks and Rec. Mr. Mr. Lagavulin. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had a signature, uh, is it an eight-year um, bottling that came out? And they one of the stores locally happened to have one one day. I grabbed the thing. I was like, I'm never going to see this again. I'm buying it. So I have that, and they did. Wait a minute. I got to back you up because obviously you know more about this than I do. <laughs> they, you're telling me like he had his own imprint on a on a, on yeah. a, on a a run of Lagavulin, yeah. the Nick Offerman oh, yeah. bottle. Yeah, the Nick You're Offerman kidding. edition. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> I think I have a picture of it. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Wow. And because they have used him, like he's their spokesperson. And the ad is actually awesome. If you go search the interweb for, um, I think it's the Offerman edition Lagavulin. Um, mm-hmm. It's him and his dad. And it's fantastic. No because cool. it's... Um, it's finished in uh, Guinness casks, I think. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it tastes like yet because I haven't opened it, but uh, I have it on the shelf. That's and, wild. But yeah, it's the Offerman edition. I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, there were some online places, but South Dakota, as free as we are in this state, uh, it's a crime to ship <clears throat> alcohol into the state. It's also a crime to ship in uh, pipe tobacco, um, cigars, things like that. It's illegal. It didn't used to be when I moved here. Wow. 13, well, 14 so, years ago. But you can buy these things at a retail. Oh, yeah, yeah. Outlet. Of course. Yeah, because the state's but if I were to, money. But if I were to FedEx you a bottle of booze, uh, I could go to jail. For that's that. a re- I think so, technically. And I think, really? here's what blows my mind, is years ago, before it was illegal, which I think <clears throat> it became uh, a problem maybe 2018 or 19. Um, there was a place, I think it's called pipeandcigar.com. My grandpa used to smoke a pipe, so I have a pipe collection I've collected. Um, and so I, you know, there's a few pipe tobaccos that I like. And so I found pipe and cigar, I think it's pipeandcigar.com. And they mm-hmm. had a ton of options. And so I ordered some. And for a couple of years there in the, uh, let's see, from probably between 2010 and 2015, I ordered, I don't know, a few, a few times. Um, so then I went to do it again. And... <clears throat> It said, oh, sorry, you're South Dakota. It's, we can't ship there. So then I dug into the law, and they changed it. And I think 19, 18 or 19, they changed it, which made it illegal. And it also, if you read down in the fine print, anything that you have in possession that came from that is contraband. 
Wow. So I don't know what would happen in a private transaction or just a you know a gift. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's yeah. because the sale has to happen. I don't know. But uh, it kind of made it feel like weapons is how the wording made it sound. Yeah. Like, you know, you Was uh, Christy down with this? Was she gov then? Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is what blows my mind. I know. <clears throat> so oh. and, anyway, so uh, Christy Noem, our lovely governor, um, her spokesperson, and I'm sure if they hear this, they'll never come on. Uh, has been blowing me <laughs> off for about a year <clears throat> yeah. because I've had senators on, I've had representatives on. Uh, yeah, you've got a hell of a body of work there. It's very impressive. Yeah, thank you. It's It's been fun to try to reach out to these people. Um, But he will not let her come on for some reason, and mm. I don't know what it is, other than uh, he can't control the narrative if he's right. not in charge of it. But they'll go on right. Fox News all the time. Absolutely. She's been on yeah. the Bongino show. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm getting frustrated because I interviewed her for a, a different project back in 2014 when she was our representative in the House of Representatives mm. in the U.S. Um, and she was, you know, she was very gracious and they gave us probably half an hour. We got to film mm. her and, and it was cool. But uh, now that she's gov, they have dropped off the radar. Oh, that'll be a nice thing. We'll keep you in mind. No, you're running mm. for reelection. You should get your voice out to everyone in your state. Absolutely. <clears throat> and always thought. be nice to the hometown guys. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Do you cook at all? I do. I do. Although I'm luckily, my wife is uh, an excellent cook. So uh, I used to cook a lot more when I was single, but I do. And I enjoy it. I make some, I make some good dishes. Yeah. What? Yeah. What's, what's your go-to? If, if you're, um, Larry, Larry's I, picking dinner, what is it? Uh, what people most request, my buffalo wings. Oh. And um, fall off the bone. I mean, they're really good. Mm. Um, I do a pretty good lasagna. My pork chops are, can be banging. I do a uh, beef bourguignon that's uh, legendary. So I've, I've got my my high cards I play for so, nice people. So should Otherwise, I plan to be over next week beans. or the week after? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah. Come on over. Warm up. <laughs> no kidding. I don't know, though. Going down to that state might uh, <clears throat> might irritate me. Well, you came from Oregon, so you know about being irritated. Yeah, but I left, in two, you... I left in 2008, though. I mean, it was crazy, but not near what it is today. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's staggering what's happened. <laughs> it really is. So, uh, how did you settle in? I'm curious. How'd you, I mean, people leave places, you usually hear them moving. You know, the people leave, uh, they move to another, whatever. Millbank is not a big place, I think. <laughs> Right. So, how <laughs> no, did you settle? No, there? it's not. I'm curious. Um, I actually, uh, it's it's a fun story. Um, I don't think I've ever told it on this show though. But uh, I met my wife uh, in Uganda, and she was. I grew up in Oregon. She grew up in the Minneapolis St. Paul area, uh, and <clears throat> just happened to the churches we went to just happened to have missionary teams that would go you know, to the same mission in Uganda. And we just happened to be there uh, at the same time one year in 2003. And uh, it, for me, it was love at first sight. <clears throat> There's no, no doubt about it. Um, so cool. And so we got married in 2005 in Oregon and had a, I'm, I'm a photographer by trade, so that's my actual job. I and, saw your site. Your work <clears throat> is terrific. Thank you. Very nice. Thank you. Um, and so I, uh, had that going, and then my wife's uh, grandfather, no, her grandmother passed away in 2007 out here, and, and they actually had a place on a lake that's just 10 miles away from Millbank. 
And uh, so her uh, mom asked if we would be willing to relocate um, and help take care of grandpa. So we thought, well, shoot, why not? <clears throat> why not? Let's Give do a shot. it. <clears throat> so 15 years and three kids later, here we are. Isn't that funny? It's weird. <laughs> and <laughs> thinking about it now, I'm so grateful that we, I didn't have the business I have in Oregon because uh, it would not have gone well. Just with the kind no. of the work we do, it, it wouldn't have worked. And yeah. uh, it's not. That's great. Yeah. So it's cool. Uh, we have four kids yeah. now. Uh, we, the town is great. It's been a great thing. We have a Main Street uh, location. So my studio is on Main Street and I built this podcast radio station inside it because why not? Why not? And here we are. So that's how I came to this tiny little town. Um, and Very cool story. It's bizarre. And, and the, uh, the, the pandemic response. See, that, that's kind of how I like to, to, <laughs> to talk about it. Because <clears throat> pandemic sure. or not, whatever. The response is what made the difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, did it surprise you? I mean, you're clearly much more old than I um, did it surprise you to see humanity um, all jump the same way at the same time? Uh, no, no, it didn't. When you because the it's the um, you know the, the way the political winds have changed course over the past uh, you know ten ten twenty years, it, mm-hmm. it, it didn't surprise me. Uh, if it if it if this had come upon us and you know. 1987 yeah i'd have been like what <laughs> what the hell <laughs> what happened to people but this is uh this has been a kind of a deliberate uh um inculcation you know indoctrination through the schools so i'm, I'm not the least bit surprised break break it's, that down what do you mean <clears throat> do, well, do you think the generations have been slowly being prepared for this well not 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 necessarily for a pandemic um, no, but but, but for the response, for the controls that have for come the response, out of it. for the control, mm-hmm. for the obedience is what ah, it is. Right, the obedience, and that and that really sort of uh, you know touches back to the the Mac Daddy thing, mm-hmm. you know, because um, um, the, the educational system is largely you know the whole idea that this that uh, words like toxic masculinity, like, yeah, what is that? You yeah. know, where's where's the toxic femininity? There's got to be a yin to that yang, but there isn't. And so, um, you know, for the most part, young boys are uh, really suppressed. Um, if they jump around too much in school, they put them on Ritalin or Adderall or whatever, you know. And so why would anybody be surprised that uh, there are millions and millions of adults who are welcome? Who I saw a video a couple of days ago of some college campus with these students screaming, they want the mask mandate <laughs> yes, back. Yes, they don't I feel saw that safe. too. That yeah, is, I mean, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. No. Well, and then you have, I just, let me see if I can find it here, because earlier today I saw uh, along the social medias, which I love and hate at the same time, mostly hate. Um, <clears throat> in D.C., apparently the D.C. mayor uh, has, starting the 15th, which was two days ago, this is February 17, 2022, for this episode, um, all indoor venues will no longer be required to verify that patrons are vaccinated in Washington, D.C. Well, um, there is a council member named, let me find her name, Brianna, or, or Brianne uh, Nadow, which ends strangely like Trudeau. <clears throat> anyway, um, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> her tweet was, 
As a parent of two kids under five, I am flabbergasted and angry. Why would we give up on vaccines when we have come this far? Why are we not protecting the workers in these industries? Why are we telling parents we don't care if they participate in society? I'm so effing mad. And that was in a tweet linked to uh, Muriel's announcer, uh, announcement, the mayor's announcement that it's going to be released. Yeah. And then uh, said this another thing, this will have a chilling impact on businesses be- oh, <laughs> because <really? laughs> who people who were going out and eating indoors because of the mandate will not do that anymore. So if this was supposed to be a pro-business thing, y'all messed up. So this is a council person in Washington, D.C., and she, this uh, Brianne Nadeau, Nadeau, whatever, blue check mark on Twitter, um, right. <clears throat> said, or has introduced a bill in the D.C., whatever their government system is there, um, mm. to legally reinforce this. So to over, override the mayor. There you go. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, what have we created? Well, you know, I've, I've, I've given a great thought to this, Craig, over time, and um, I've boiled this, the whole question down to there's really only two types of people in the world, and those are Astcos and Lutvas. <laughs> are you okay. good with the four-letter words on this show? I don't like to step I, I don't want to censor any. And, you know, okay. I believe free right. speech is, okay. is that. So. Right. So, so there are only two you know, people, you know, you look at all this, you know, those liberals and Democrats and Republicans and conservatives, conservatives, there's been so much blurring of the lines between those and so much co-opting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, liberals, um, uh, even 20, 30 years ago, they, they weren't horrible people. They were kind of laissez-faire and live and let live. You do what you want. Now they're, now they are the Nazis. They mm-hmm. are the Nazis. Okay. So that's completely, it's all been blurred. So when you really boil it down, there's ASCOs, which means assholes seeking to control others, okay, okay. which this person in D.C. would be. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I suspect what you are, I know I am, and most of my listeners, LUTFAS, L-U-T-F-A-S, that's leave us the fuck alone. <laughs> and that's really the only kind of people that are in the world. And you either want to be with the LUTFAS or you want to be with the ASCOs. The, the horrible <laughs> thing is the ASCOs won't, they, they won't leave the LUTFAS alone. The Lutfus don't want to have anything to do with the ASCOs. So it's going to be, I don't know how it's all going to play out over, over the decades or whatever, but uh, I, don't, I don't see the situation improving. I don't see any coming together of ASCOs. Well, can you? Like, is there a middle ground when you have those two very no. different ideologies? No, there isn't. So I, I've, uh, in, in my, you know, I've kind of thought about this too. Uh, I didn't go, go quite as... Uh, abrupt as you did but um i I, i've I've kind of narrowed down the the political ideologies and maybe it is just who people are and and i think it's exactly what you just said but just worded differently um one one side of the argument or aisle as they say in politics is uh the governing bodies are the best deciders for uh the individual's goods and services Mm. and money and the other side of it is that the, those individuals are the best deciders of what to do with those things. And I, I mean, in my mind, there is no middle ground. There can't be. Because it's like, it's like building a, a house on two separated uh, foundations. Yeah. And I don't know what to do about it. Because it's so, they're so different. Yes. Yeah. You have to have so an it, answer. 
Yeah, it's and it's been, I mean, it's, this has been eroding American culture. I mean, the whole idea, you know, when I was a kid, you know, cowboys have become bad. You know, the lone cowboy, how dare he mm. be independent? How mm. dare, you know, that's, that's now a bad thing. Everything is the hive, the hive mind, the greater good. And if you want to operate on your own or independently, you're the bad guy, right? So. So what, where does community fit into that? Because like, we're, we're, we're kind of communal people. Yeah, well, you know, it's the com- the communities will sort the the community <laughs> al- along with denigrating the idea of the independent mm-hmm. person. Um, you may have noticed uh, also the the nuclear family mm-hmm. or yours, which is two over the nuclear limit with four kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's also Sorry. become kind of a bad yeah. thing, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, let's not forget Hillary. It takes a village. Yes. To which I always answer, geez, so that so when my kids projectile vomiting at three fifth, three a.m., um, who who exactly do I call in the village? Will the village come and take care of that? Mm-hmm. The answer is no. Um, so if you have if you have strong family units, um, that's really all you need, and then people will naturally coalesce on their own. Hmm. So. When, like, in in your view, when did the the freedoms, I guess, that America, my understanding at least, mm-hmm. uh, was founded on? When did those really begin to erode, or was it all a ruse? No, I don't think it was a ruse at all. I think, uh, um, you know, it, 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 there might be. In fact, I throw this out in my episode I just posted yesterday. You could, Craig, and it's not. It's not a lock. It's not etched in stone. But you could uh, draw a fairly continuous line between the rise of digital technology and the decline of freedoms. And it's become the weapon of choice for tyrants. I mean, look what's going on with Trudeau up there in Ottawa, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, you know, he wanted those cops to wait in there and start cracking heads and arresting guys. And then the, and the chief of police just quit right. <laughs> two days ago and said, you know, and, and the guy, you know, he, he didn't want to come out and say in so many words, but his, the, the money quote from him was, um, I'm not sure there's a there's a police solution to this situation. In other words, hey, 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 dumbass, um, you know, cops aren't, aren't <laughs> right. here to put down revolutions. It's really what he was saying. Mm-hmm. So what's Justy's next go to move? Well, we'll, we'll shut off your money. Yeah. Right. And they've done that. So it's digital control, isn't it? So, 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 so is the answer not cryptocurrency then? No, I, you know, I think, and I, I own a little bit of crypto, but when I, when I hear the very name crypto <laughs> is retarded, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a permanent record. Any, as, as anybody knows, I'm, you know, I'm not Darren O'Neill. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a techie, but I know damn well that basically anything that, that is digitally produced and goes online mm-hmm. can be forever and can be found and tracked down. There's nothing that's unhackable or unfindable. Yeah. So these people are saying, oh, the crypto is going to free us up. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It, if anything, it's going to further uh, limit your freedoms. We, we already have, you know, financial freedom was called cash, but they want that gone. Well, I was talking to a guy just before we started the episode here in the studio um, and <clears throat> just about the, the whole asset forfeiture rules. Oh. It's, it's ludicrous. What it's insane. Yeah. Yes. So a, a police. Well, it, OK. And my example was if I take ten thousand dollars in cash and mm-hmm. go try to put it in the bank, 
uh, the feds very well could seize that, and I may never see it, because their, their assumption is that it was criminally acquired. Right. And to me, the fact that uh, a government, a, a, I'm going to put in air quotes, a free, you know, government of free people uh, could yes. take away assets because they assume something is ludicrous. And the fact that Trudeau in uh, mm-hmm. Canada up there has implemented what most people are calling martial law, where they yes. can go in and seize, they can take away private money mm-hmm. just because they, they don't like what you're doing. I, whoa, where did we go wrong? Now that's Canada. I get that. But you know, and I think I heard you and Darren talking about that, you know the American politicians that really want power uh, are eyeballing that to see what, well, what are they getting away with. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, what's the difference, whether it's, it's, uh, it's a, a bank account or, you know, for, for decades in, in the States, they've been doing that. Oh, we think you're a drug deal. yes. We're gonna ta- dealer. We're going to take your house, your boat, mm-hmm. your car, your Rolex, and, you know, maybe we'll give it back to you. But we don't, we don't even need a trial yet. We, even, we don't even have to indict you. Yeah. We're just going to take it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and people say, well, that, like you just said, that's Canada. No, that's, that's also the United States. It <laughs> has been for quite some time. Yeah. They just haven't jumped on the, on the digital spigot yet, mm-hmm. the way Justy is up there in Ottawa. <laughs> Justy. I like it. Because <laughs> um, oh, well, yeah. when I flew to Uganda back in 2003 for the first time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I got to stop you. Were there any traces of Idi Amin left when you were there? Uh, well, I, I, I actually know a guy who was a kid during his terroristic reign and he, he told stories that were just insane, um, where he came, there was one of them where he came home into their village and I don't know if it was his mom or sister or someone close to him, um, that he came in and then there was, for some reason, Either they said duck or he like sensed to, to get down and he got down yes. and that person was shot right beside him. Jesus God. Just God. outrageous. Now the who was wandering about the, the jungle um while we were there was Coney. If you remember Coney. Oh yeah, all, sure. The uh, LRA, the Lord's Resistance Army. Uh, and yeah. the wildest part, we never saw anything crazy like that. There was one time we were in Kampala. Uh, driving, there was a lot of people, and I heard a couple gunshots, and there was some crazy, but no, nothing like that we saw that was dangerous necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> except we went up on safari because you know I, I was there. My job was to kind of be the grunt, the gopher for the guy who runs the mission there, and I had a commercial mm-hmm. driver's license, so I could drive their big bus that handled all the people. So mm-hmm. uh, when teams from America, because we'd have we would house two week teams at a time. And they would come and, you know, do, they want to go to a village church and build something and, you know, go see things. And you're in Africa, you've got to go on safari. So they would sure. get to go. Well, they had to bring a driver. So I got to go, which was fantastic. Oh, wow. uh, but we're driving. So we go out with this guide and we go out into the, the, the bush to find, you know, lions or zebras or whatever they were up there. Um, and we come across this tank sitting alongside the road. <laughs> <laughs> and... By itself, nothing else. And the the gun, the end of the gun was wrapped in a canvas bag, <clears throat> like a burlap sack. And the uh, the guide that was with us, he's like, oh, yeah, they only do that when it's loaded, ready to fire. What? Oh, good. <laughs> what good. are we doing? So apparently the, the Ugandan army was up there because there was word that Coney was wandering about up in that area. Wow. And we're looking for lions, so we made it. We didn't die. <clears throat> <laughs> so that was my... Uh, 
my interaction with the military. Although, I shouldn't say this on the interweb. That could be a problem. Uh Uh-oh. I did uh, once. I did have to bribe a cop. (laughs) Oh, good. I want to hear about this. (laughs) So, uh, I had was driving uh, someone. uh, Actually, the guy I was working for. I was driving him to a meeting somewhere in Kampala. And there was two other of the missionary people, the young adults with me. And we dropped him off. And then it was a big, uh, a big, probably four lane road with a, mm-hmm. like a boulevard down the middle. And there were openings between. So you, you know, you had to turn, you couldn't just turn anywhere. So one of them down the way after I dropped him, uh, I just turned in one of those gaps in the boulevard and back down around. Um, apparently that's not allowed. Oh, and so the cops aren't on or in vehicles; they're just standing. So I get down a ways, and this dude in, of course, you know, we watch American television, and so the those tan looking police uniforms make you think they're terrorists. You know, probably not, but it makes you think that. Sure. And so he's like waves me over. It's like, oh shit! So I pull over, <clears throat> and I'm actually driving one of the mission vehicles. So, you know, this is a Christian organization, so holy cow. Uh, and he, he sits in the passenger seat, and he's got his clipboard out and his, pain, his pen, and he, he's yelling at me, you could have knocked somebody. You not supposed to. You, you could have knocked him. And he's not writing anything down. So I was like, okay. Oh, no. You, know, you, you could have harmed someone. I'm going to write you a ticket. Okay. Uh, so I said, I was, I was like, I can't, be, I can't be locked up. I mean, can't get this car impounded. What are we doing? So I said, how much to go, for this to go away? <laughs> how much for you to leave? Oh, no, no, no. I am going to write you a ticket. He's still not writing anything down. So I was like, okay, how much? 40000 Whoa. <laughs> well, that sounds bad. So I was like, okay, fine. Just 20 bucks. Pesos or something? Yeah, $20. <laughs> so 20 bucks. <laughs> I gave him 40,000 shillings, and uh, he yelled at me some more and didn't write anything down and then got out. Don't, don't, don't do that again. You could knock somebody. And yeah. I took that away didn't tell many people that it happened but now the world knows <laughs> and i'm coming get you shoot yeah that was a long time ago wait i'm sure there's some sort of statute of limitations that's a great story it was kind of wild but so uh, shillings is the currency it's based on the english system uh it, it was ugandan shillings and ugandan when i was there that the exchange rate was about 2001 Wow. Yeah. So I got I mean, there. And the language is English. Uh, People speak English there. English there. Um, uh, Luganda and Swahili. Wow. Did and you learn any of those? While you were there? No, they spoke no. English. Okay. okay. Gotcha. <laughs> cool. I didn't need to. I, I thought it, it would have been fun had I been there long enough. I was there about five yeah. months. Um, but yeah. I lived with um, English talkers and Amer- other Americans. Right. So there wasn't oh, cool. really what an experience. Need. It was it's phenomenal. The best yeah. part about it is because I was kind of the runner for the mission where we were mm-hmm. at, um, every day you go to the market to get groceries and, you know, fresh produce. I mean, avocados, my goodness. I mean, they are the size of, uh, I don't know, you've seen a large mango. Sure. Oh, not papaya size, but a large mango. That's their avocados. And if they open wow. them and they're slightly brown, they throw it away. Meh. Oh. They're about a dime a piece over there. And this is uh. back, you know, 15 years ago, so it's not, nice. could be different now, but it was crazy. So that was fun, but I got to know a few of the locals at the market. So when I would show up, they would come over to me and take my mm-hmm. list and go shop for me. Because if you're white, you don't get good pricing. Really? Yeah. Because <clears throat> they'll get you. You're, you're a white. You're a white person. You have money. So 
uh, you get taken up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Wow. So now they of course got tips for doing it for me, but heck, I don't care. It was awesome. Yeah. So it was fun. I had a good time. <clears throat> All right. Very I have a, cool. I have some, a list of names I want you to throw out your Uh-oh. first thought. <laughs> Ted Cruz. Lion Ted. <laughs> All right. That's what the Donald called him. This is uh, true. You know, he really, he really uh, showed himself uh, when he called uh, the, what they refer to him now, the J6 people, terrorists. Mm. You know, I just and then had to try I, to walk I, it back. Can't go, yeah, can't go, can't, cannot go along with that guy in a buffalo hat and people, you know, minding the velvet ropes and taking selfies. Didn't, didn't look like a terrorist thing to me. So that, that really, that really kind of sank the cruise ship for me. I'm sorry. Have you not heard uh, AOC's rendition of that event? Oh, yeah. It was much worse than you just <laughs> yeah, made it out to much me. Much worse. Yeah. Silly me. <laughs> Gavin Newsom, your illustrious governor. Oh, Captain Hair Gel. Um, <laughs> just the worst of the worst. Just uh, a, basically a junk human being. Not well, just his politics. He personally is junk. You, you've been there for a while into that state. Yes, I have. Um, I have. So d- did you, was he on your radar at all as he moved up through uh, San Francisco politics? Because um, wasn't he, was he the mayor of San Francisco for a while? He was. He was the mayor of San Francisco for a time. Uh, you know, these guys, they appear out of nowhere. Um, but, you know, when I moved to California, it really was the golden state. Um, terrific opportunity. And um, coming from New York, New York was a dirty, dangerous city that I grew up in. There's, there was no getting around that. Um, and Los Angeles was, I mean, you can you can get dead here as you can pretty much in any big city. Yeah. Dirty? No. Hmm. Um, and you had to almost go looking for trouble to find it in L.A. It was very, you know, it was a pretty orderly town. Mm-hmm. Great place to raise a family, which I've done. Um, but over the course of the last, you know, 10, 15 years, it's been a succession of leftist cretins. And they've basically destroyed the city. Hmm. Is Garcetti uh, <clears throat> equally corrupt? Cretin. An absolute cretin, you know, you saw his, his, his masking routine while I was holding <laughs> oh my, my breath. Word. He held his breath. I mean, it's just, it's mind boggling. <laughs> it's just mind boggling how these people's constituents buy their bullshit <laughs> and allow them to lie in their face. And go, I still love him. I'll, thank you for being yeah. our mayor. I'm so great. You know, he's an idiot. <laughs> well, I, I mean. I'm no genius. I don't, I didn't go to J school. I don't have any kind of spokesman, you know, under, I'm not a spokesperson for anybody, but I cannot imagine for a second that anyone that would hold the position of um, communications director for the mayor of Los Angeles, the second largest city in the country, I think, um, that would go, you know what? I know how we're going to fix this problem. Tell them you held your breath. That'll do it. That'll do it. I can't yeah. believe that. How, are these people that stupid? <laughs> they are. <laughs> they really are. If yeah. anyone, I, I don't, I, politics aside, I don't care. You can't mm-hmm. lie to people's face and expect to get away with it. No. And then you watch no. him at the Super Bowl. He didn't have it on for a long time. He must have been great at holding sure. that in. And how do you eat sure. and drink without breathing? Hey, he's like a free diver. <laughs> holding him for hours. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Alice Cooper. Love him. Absolutely love Alice. Um, been a 
rabid fan of his since I was a kid. Uh, the un probably the interesting thing about Alice is he's he's kind of got this niche market, niche fan base, right? Mm -hmm. He never they never became as enormous as they should have been. But when you when you listen to other triple A list musicians, rockers talk, they invariably put Alice in yeah. the in the in the top three of their influences. But do you think the his lack of like mainstream appeal was yeah. because of the shock value of his show and his character? I mean, I loved it. I I always knew it was a put on, mm. you know. And uh when I was a kid, I worked at LaGuardia Airport in security. You know, this was uh this was before the TSA. <laughs> Back before they had real security. <laughs> Yeah. And so um, one day, um, this uh, Alice was on the Billion Dollar Babies tour. Okay. And he had his own jet. I think it was a DC 10, hmm. pretty big aircraft. And uh, he had it painted jet black. And Alice Cooper was written on the fuselage. And there was a dollar sign on the rudder. And so this thing pulls in on the, uh, on the runway, and everybody's staring at it. You know, look at this. And then, of course, people start piling off of it, and they look exactly what you would imagine for a <laughs> Alice Cooper crew yeah. to look like. They were, you know, <laughs> just these guys are there down on their ass and dressed in rags and whatever. And everybody's like, where's Alice? Where's Alice? Where's Alice? The last guy off the plane is wearing a three-piece suit and carrying a, a Bud Tallboy. <laughs> that was Alice. Really? Really, you know, so he's been, you know, a lifetime golfer, not mm -hmm. that I am, but the whole thing, the, the Alice thing was a put on. A lot of people didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah and I've heard he's just a dynamite guy. I, he's actually, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to get some avenues to get and get him on the show. Cause I think it'd be fascinating. Oh man, if you do, I'm going to be so jealous <laughs> because I, I just think he's fantastic. My wife took me to see him. He played the Greek theater a couple mm. of years ago mm -hmm. and uh, she was really knew nothing about him. And she was, you know, she was kind of neutral. But she was impressed. I mean, talk about a great show. And he's got, the, you know, Nita Strauss's latest uh, hot guitar player. Oh, my God. Mm. It's Alice delivers. You know, probably the the antithesis of Alice was the Grateful Dead. They really were dead. You'd, those guys, you know, I watched them. I saw them twice at the Garden. And I, it wasn't that I wanted to. It was like mm -hmm. corporate things I had to do. <laughs> yeah. And both times, like, why am I here? I'm, I'm watching dead people. On, they don't move. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. Are their hands right. even moving? Exactly. You know, it was like, <laughs> yeah. it was unbelievable. <laughs> they were truly, like, frozen. Mm -hmm. um, and there's then, then you've got Alice. Oh, my God. What a showman. Well, I uh, watched a documentary a few years ago called Hired Gun. Oh, it's great. I love oh, that. Phenomenal. So and and I, phenomenal. if I remember right, he was in there. And everyone says, Alice Cooper's got the best talent. He does because he he yeah. just he's the best guy to work with, and so yeah. unless you're with him, you're not as good. But That's if, true. if you're the best, Alice Cooper has you. That's absolutely true. And yeah. so, so it's if, not all just yeah. the theatrics; the musicianship is yes. just off the hook. Great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's been fascinating to me for years. Uh, yeah. John Wayne, the Duke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, strangely, I. Um, I knew um, his, uh, one of his daughters, uh, I was, when I was working at the TV network, my secretary, somehow, I forget how, she became very good friends with the Duke's daughter, Maritza. Really? And he was, a, he was a big man. I mean, that guy was, you know, 
he was he was extra large. <laughs> and so his daughter one day, you know, I was curious. She, you know, my my secretary says, "Oh, this is we're having lunch. She's coming in." So I think I got to see what the Duke's daughter looks like. She was gorgeous, but she was about six feet and probably you know she she was really well put together. Big woman, beautiful girl. And so they went out, you know, took a long lunch. I said, see you later. They came back. And uh, I remember she got on the phone. They'd been shopping. And Maritza had, she was like, just layered down with bags from sacks and bedells and all this stuff. And she goes, I got to call my, I got to call my dad to my secretary. Can I use your phone? Yeah, sure. She picks up the phone here. Dad, and I'm thinking, oh, man, Duke's on the other side of that line. I'd love to grab the phone and say, hey, <laughs> hey, Pilgrim. Right. So she, she talks to him for just like 30 seconds and she goes, oh, and dad, um, I'm almost I'm almost out of money. Could, could you send me another 20,000? Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Okay, thanks. Oh, you know, wow. There was, there was more shopping to be done. I oh. thought, wow, man, the Duke, Duke, Duke did really well. I guess. Um, but, wow. Yeah, but, you know, what do you, I mean, they've, again, they've tried to uh, uh, cancel him. Guy was, uh, you know, certainly an American icon. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, what can I say? Some of his movies were a lot. Of, he was always fun. I mean, John yeah. Wayne, no matter what he was in, he was playing John Wayne. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah typecast all day long yeah and that's Mm -hmm. okay and uh, a lot of fun enjoyable sad he's gone yeah louis l'amour oh uh louis l'amour yeah you know i was never a big fan of his stuff i read one or two um good just didn't really grab me but Mm -hmm. certainly you know great talent klaus schwab <laughs> you mean Satan? Almost, yes. <laughs> Is that picture I got to ask you? Now you're, 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 you are a professional photographer. <laughs> I'm not a pro, but I'm, you know, very avid one. Um, is that photograph of him, like with, uh, you know, nylons and heels and a bra and panties <laughs> on a beach? Is that gimmicked? I don't is know. If I, I don't know if I've seen that one or paid much attention oh, to it. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. It's possible. But do you think someone of his... Uh, let's see, uh, stature and control would allow that? Are the paparazzi that good? I think that guy's so creepy um, that nothing would uh, surprise me. I mean, the, then you've got the, the absolutely legit shows of him, uh, shots rather of him wearing some type of, uh, he was like a, like a Star Trek villain robe in front of that podium. Yeah. I don't know what oh, the hell he it looks just I mean, like um, <clears throat> uh, the Sith Lord or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the, guy's, the, guy, the guy just emanates creep mm-hmm. vibes. So and, if you don't know, uh, Klaus Schwab's the founder of the World Economic Forum. Yeah. The Great uh, Reset. Yeah, world would be a lot better off if uh, if if uh, Klaus wasn't uh, on the planet. I'll say that a lot better off. Uh, D- D- Dvorak, JCD, JCD, <laughs> the perfect foil. Uh, he really is the buzzkill um, to Adam. It's a gr- it's a great uh, a great a great marriage, as as they like to say. And, um, you know, he's always entertaining. I always, you know, always listen. And, you know, it was crazy. I mean, Darren is responsible for hitting me in the mouth with Ooh, those guys. Really? Um, I, yeah. Okay. I mean, I certainly knew of, uh, of Adam. Mm-hmm. I remember him from his MTV days uh, and thought he was, he was, I thought he was the best by far of those VJs. Oh, you but know, he, 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 when it was happening, you did. Yeah. Really? He was the only one that really had star power. Mm. Um, the rest of them just looked, they were kind of regular guys, you know, doing it, but, but Adam, I thought, you know, and uh, it's, it's a great show and Dvorak's great Barnabin. Yeah. We were talking about the no agenda show, by the way. Yes. Oh, anyway, that's a good one. Uh, Justy, as you call him, 
Justin. Justin Trudeau. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never mind. And we're done. <laughs> I, I I just I just like it's so funny you should ask because my my uh, the, the episode I posted last night is uh, called Larry Battles um, T-Mobile Trudeau and the World. So th- th- this is uh, that Larry Show episode three forty nine. That's it. Excellent. That Larry Show so, um, You know I have I hold the uh, hold that guy in great contempt. <laughs> Um, I mean, he's the anti-John Wayne, isn't he? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you think he's actually a Castro? Yes, I do. I absolutely do. See, you know, Tucker Carlson on Fox has uh, started in the last couple of weeks, like, bringing you know. that up. Yeah, it's, it's the new creepy porn lawyer. Right, for, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Castro Jr. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but I heard that first on, I think, the No Agenda show a decade ago. Yeah. Or, or not, yeah. not a decade, like when Trudeau first started coming up into the Canadian ranks, they brought right. that out. So this is not new information. No, not it's at just all. apparently new to the mainstream. Not at all. I mean, his mom got around. You know? so, <laughs> yeah, and it's no so, secret. It's no secret. She didn't keep it secret. She was pretty uh, upfront <laughs> and, about it. <laughs> I think it's documented that she was in Cuba nine months before oh, yeah. Justy was born. So anyway, yes. um, yeah. Pelosi. Uh, you know, yeah, with Schwab, please, yeah. please go away Ooh. as quickly as possible. You know, mm-hmm. she's, uh, she's, I think she's, I think she's, she's two, she hits on two cylinders. One, she's evil and she's also insane. So my, um, I mean, I, I've, I've never been a huge fan of her, the way she carries herself as a, rep- a representative. Um, right. but when I heard her answer to the question of is it time for the old guard to step aside to mm-hmm. let new blood in right uh you know this is back in the early aoc days where you know the, the squad was coming in to right. um <laughs> to take not take over but but you know they, they wanted their voice to be heard and so right. they were like well maybe the old these old democrats need to move on so us new democrats can come in and her mm-hmm. answer was um no because our system our, our, our roles are based on seniority. And so when we have more seniority, we have more say. And the moment I heard that from her, she oh. lost all credibility. Yeah. Because it tells me it's not a representative republic. No. It is a, a monarchy. We have this system it is. where the, the leaders, the longest servers, uh, have the say. Mm-hmm. And that's insane. That, that's not it's the system it should be. No. So no. For, from that, I don't care what side of the aisle she's on. That's the wrong position yeah. to take. Yeah, well, I mean, she's just insane. You, you have to remember, you have to, you have to pass the bill to find out what's in the bill. You know, there was another one of her money quotes. I mean, she's she's yeah. she's just out of her mind. She's a horrible, horrible human being. Babs, you got to know who that is. Streisand? No, <laughs> the other one. Sorry. <laughs> Although that that could work. Uh, no, Barbara. <laughs> excuse me. It's Senator Boxer. Oh, Barbara Boxer. Boxer. Oh, is she even still around? No, no, but she was in California she for was. a long time. Uh, you know, I really, all, all of those uh, barnacles that have been up there <laughs> in the legislation for, for decades, they should all just be swept away, you know, and then Clorox, every room. You know, it's, it's terrible. All right. Uh, d- uh, yeah. Tony, the illustrious Tony Fauci. Tony Fauci. Tony Fauci. Uh you know, the guy has been caught lying so many times. It's pretty scary. He's admitted to it several times as well. He's admitted to it several times. 
Um, I, I think, uh, I don't think he's, I think he's in there with Pelosi. I don't think he's really playing with a full deck. Uh, I think he's, what, what I find really reprehensible about him and, and his, the people who revere him <laughs> is I'll bet you it's been 40 years since he had a stethoscope around his neck, made the rounds in a hospital and actually examined a patient or did anything really hands-on medically related. Hmm. He's a bureaucrat masquerading as a doctor. And for that, I can't forgive him. The Donald. <clears throat> the Donald. Uh, you know, if, uh, if he'd only given up that damned uh, smartphone, he'd still be president. Uh, mm. You know, the guy... He, he's he's a, he's your tragic uh, tragically flawed character you know um probably, you know really great <laughs> great policies i mean he did he accomplished tremendous things against you know being cock blocked at every move um by the opposition and he still got a hell of a lot of things done very impressive and uh the the, the insanity of those incessant tweets was just I, I would just shake my head and think, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do you think the uh, pandemic and the response <clears throat> was, or, or maybe the hype of it, uh, had anything to do with uh, him not becoming reelected? Um, I think it, I think it did. I think the, you know, they just, they clearly decided the media decided that even before he was elected uh, or inaugurated, they were going to flip him. They're going to impeach him mm -hmm. and destroy him. And there's a limited amount of, uh, of uh, artillery fire. Any, any, any reputation, any character can take, you know, it's not Godzilla. Yeah. And um, eventually they got him. And I think just the, he probably would have he probably would have survived the pandemic had he not laid all the groundwork with the, the tweets over the over the years and and given them something to shoot at so do you so, think it's incorrect or uh, bad decision making for a president no matter and and both of them have done it both trump and biden so far um have come out and tried to be the medical authority to the American public, do you think that's a bad decision? <laughs> like you yeah. need to, to, you need to do this, or you don't need to do this. Yeah, I think it's a terrible idea. I mean, I think, um, uh, I mean, Trump. I guess he was responsible for ramrodding all these vaccines, Project Warp Speed, making that happen. But I don't think he would have ever said, "You have to take these." Mm. You know, I think he's clearly anti-mandate. And as usual, the left is always better at the propaganda and the messaging because somehow they've managed to package to bundle people who are anti-mandate and call them anti-vaxxers, yeah. which most aren't. I mean, those truckers, most of those truckers up there in Ottawa have been, have been vaxxed. Yeah. Um, I don't give a shit if you, you vax yourself daily. It's nothing <laughs> exactly. to mean less to me yeah. than what someone else is putting in their body. Yeah. Really, it's, it's none of my business. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Just just don't tell me to do that. Um, so I don't think Trump ever would have gone with, with the mandates as Joey has. And I think, again, you know, the, Trudeau versus John Wayne, men versus manlets. You know, Trump, Trump is a very self-assured dude, okay? Uh, Joey is a very insecure career politician. He knows he's never achieved anything in his life of value. 
Um, he's been cashing government checks for his entire life. And so he's, uh, his ego is extremely fragile. And guys like that, like him, like Justy, they have to impose their will to feel like men. Hmm. Well, I was going to ask you about Uncle Joe Biden, but I think you just answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> Joey. <laughs> Uh, all right, last one, Rush Limbaugh. Oh, Rush, Rush. Um, I, I enjoyed listening to him occasionally, but I was never a, uh, I was never a, a steady listener. I was never a, you know, a fan. I mean, I liked him. I didn't dislike him. But in that realm, um, I was kind of, pref- I would say, you know, if you're going to do a hardcore pro- political show like that, I find Mark Levin um, a lot more entertaining. The, the Yeller, me. yeah, interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Rush, Rush was good. There's no, and he was a, certainly a uh, you know iconoclast, mm-hmm. a trendsetter, if you will, so forth. He, he paved the way for a lot of people. Um, but Rush occasionally did sort of play it a little bit fast and loose with the facts. Um, well, it's entertainment. It is entertaining, First, yeah. yes, and he was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like Levin is usually when he's mouthing off, he's on firmer ground yeah. than Rush was. And I admire, um, I admire uh, Levin for the way he just goes for the throat, and he he, call, <laughs> yeah, he calls people true. morons and yeah. jackasses and yeah. criminals and so <laughs> forth. And and we need more of that. You know, well, and, and Levin tends to have some clout behind him. I mean, he's no slouch in the legal he's world. He's no slouch. I think he's a constitutional attorney. Yeah. And, and um, actually worked in the Supreme Court, I believe. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's kind of a I mean, he, he's got some cred, if nothing else. He does. He absolutely does. Yes. <clears throat> uh, so yes. thinking of Rush and the, the radio world, is terrestrial radio dead? Uh, that's a great question, man. Um, boy, it's it's certainly I always consider myself as joe average when it well in in most cases and i think what am i doing it's probably what you know a lot of people are doing and i used to listen to a lot of terrestrial radio and i'd say over the past you know since i started my own podcast certainly that has tapered off dramatically okay Mm -hmm. because why do i want to because again i mean just the immediacy the portability of podcasts oh man is you you can't beat that Mm -hmm. right i mean so I, I I don't think it's dead, but I certainly think it's in uh, in retrograde. I don't think it's going to get any bigger. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't know how it can unless they fully embrace digital and the the mobile concept. And they're trying. You know, they're trying to. Oh, trying. Well, listen to the NPR podcast. Well, it's not a podcast. Yeah. It's actually just a rehash of your show that you exactly. no one listened to, and so you're trying to get more listeners exactly yeah i mean look what we've seen with television i mean oh my god yeah. i mean i could i could i could imagine that commercial television could be all but gone in another five seven years it'll be like oh really public public phones and atrium yeah i mean their, their numbers just continue to dwindle um at some point you know the only i heard who was it was it was it adam's show or was it darren somebody was talking about that the, the only way to really the only opportunity you have in media at this point in time to truly reach a mass vast audience is that stupid super bowl yeah <laughs> i mean that's it yeah. i mean there were you know when i worked at that network the the numbers that the numbers that that sitcoms got would equal what the super bowl is now okay really 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it was it was staggering. It was staggering the audiences uh, that some of these shows would accumulate. It was just it was mind blowing. That's all. That's all gone away. Okay, so where do you go when you want to really swing that big stick? I think that's that's the last. I mean, look at the other the other ten pole events. Nobody gives a crap about the Oscars. Mm -hmm. The Olympics. Olympics Does anybody know that the Olympics are going on? Well, every time you watch a a, an ice event, it looks like practice because there's no crowd. (laughs) And the sound is crap. You can't hear the uh, you can't hear their track. They're skating to, okay. and their uh, their announcers are in New York, I think. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. I it, it's it's been embarrassing to try to watch. Yeah. Yeah, and I got to say, you I mean I've I've done some terrestrial radio and I enjoyed it, but I do enjoy the podcasting thing more because there's always some some program director somebody over your shoulder saying don't say this <laughs> or talk say about that. that right yeah and uh, you know we can say whatever we damn please craig that's right <laughs> darn it until somebody throws a switch <laughs> and digitally and shuts us off of course well but exactly um yeah. <clears throat> is russia a real problem god no um and i don't think they ever have been really <laughs> Is it just, uh, you know, the, the whole thing, this idea that uh, America needs to police the world, is that... It's a sick idea. It's a bad idea. Is, is, it, is it just for power? Is it a flex thing? Is it, uh, I don't know. I mean, what, what would cause that as a mentality? Because it really is generational. It is generational. Um, I'll tell you, I'll give you a little, you know, perspective on that that colors my thinking. Some years ago, I uh, was was running down a, a story I wanted to get the rights to uh, about uh, Bay of Pigs, Cuba, mm. and um, I got. Was this before with, all the release of all the data that? Um, it was after. some of it was trickling out, okay. but it hadn't been the the flood yet. And so I I got hooked up with, with a guy that was a fascinating character, and uh, he was Cuban a refugee. And he, he he was involved in that, and he became a very successful airline pilot and he turned me on to other dudes that were you know shoulder deep in the whole debacle several of which were former cia right they were pretty old guys by then and two or three of these guys told me that the whole russia thing the whole like the the uh the um uh cuban missile crisis Mm -hmm. right they said that was so wildly overblown by the media and by the CIA to prop up JFK's Q scores because of the the way they've been dinged and damaged by the Bay of Pigs. It was almost like like Joey now. He wants to start this war and and with Russia because he's been an abject failure here. And again, being a a little man in every way, um, it, it's it's a way for him to prove himself that he's a, he's a tough guy. And I don't think Kennedy was. I think Kennedy was a a pretty pretty good guy. Um, but this guy told me that back then, the whole the whole notion of nuclear annihilation mm-hmm. by Russia, the Cold War, was pretty much a CIA construct. He said they they were a paper tiger. He said he, he said America would have obliterated them in a matter of seconds. It wouldn't have even been a contest ever. Really? Yeah. And I think I think Russia has been a convenient boogeyman for america for ages do you, you know, think they know so, it do you think they know it yeah. i think so i would think they do 
Um, you know, so is this a game? Look how much has changed. I mean, I mean if you, Vlad Putin That's came true. out with a statement um, recently, basically saying what a what a communist Justin Trudeau is. <laughs> Okay, that, that's why Biden's going after him then. Yeah. And I, you know, and you know what, as a so-called leader, I mean, there's a career politician. I do respect Vlad. He's been pretty good for Russia. And what Vlad has that Joey and Justy lack is you can look at that guy. He's ex uh, KGB. Yeah. He carries himself with terrific confidence. Just ask Biden. He's a killer. He's a killer. And you know what? That's just fine. Because you know what? Lots of killers have been feted at White House dinners, yeah. right? SEAL Team 6 guys. It all depends on who's doing the killing, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. When it's our guy killing someone you don't like, he's a hero. Is Vlad Putin? Oh, he's a killer. McCain, right? Yeah. Um, I've no doubt. I, I've no doubt Vlad has probably choked out dudes with his bare hands. Kicked <laughs> them, you know. <laughs> really. He, 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 he. It just it just sort of uh, vibrates from him, but that's okay. That's okay because he's he doesn't have to do anything to prop up a fragile ego. Vlad knows who he is, you know. So, so should America be wandering about the country policing? No, no. You think they'll think it will ever stop? Uh, I don't think it'll. I think it'll stop when America finally implodes, which it could. Um, you know, fairly fairly soon hmm. and when the domestic situation becomes so dire um when hyperinflation sets in uh when there's more polarization among the electorate uh suddenly we won't have the resources to play global cop well i just saw this afternoon mortgage rates have nearly doubled from a year ago two years there ago, you go. I mean. so it's coming <clears throat> where yeah. can people find more about larry Oh, where? Um, the interweb, I assume. The interweb. Just go to uh, thatlarryshow.com where you can find, uh, God, well, 349 other episodes. Or Fantastic. And, and, and then, th this uh, is a monologue, correct? Like all, all, all do, of That Larry Show is a monologue? Yeah. I've, I've only, I've, I just uh, celebrated my fifth uh, anniversary doing the show. And that time oh, I only nice had work. two guests on. Uh, one was uh, the late, great John McAfee. Really? Um, yes, and I'm really glad I got oh, cool. to, uh, to yeah. talk, hang with him. It, it was it was he spent a lot of time uh, with me, a couple of hours, and he was on the run. He was on the lam somewhere in Europe. Wow! I found him absolutely fascinating. Um, last of a breed, mm. you know, kind of a swashbush, swashbuckling mogul. Mm -hmm. Contrast John with uh, Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, a very cool guy. What about Elon Musk? But, it, it, you know, is, Musk, is he up I, in there? Is he totally his own thing? I think he is. I, I do. I think Musk is a a, a nice uh, throwback uh, to another era. I think mm. he's got. Uh, he seems to have balls. He doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, uh, in the Justy League or the Zuckerberg League. I should say. I find him very interesting, and uh, you know, wish him well. Yeah. Are you, Are you on the social medias at all? Yeah. I'm. You know, between I have a, a presence on Twitter. Facebook, uh, no agenda social, of course, which, you know, mm -hmm. um, Instagram, which my kid updates for me. I just can't <laughs> deal with that. <laughs> and, uh, that's, that's where we hang out between shows and sometimes it gets tense and sometimes it's funny. So, yeah. <laughs> so I have in this most recent show, I'm about to cut it 
down to uh, people. I'm getting a lot of nice feedback from people. I, I have a phone call, secretly recorded, an SOS call from Justy Trudeau to his mommy. Ooh. Yeah. It's only about 90 seconds, but I'm about to uh, post that as a separate uh, separate a, thing on YouTube. A bite? We'll oh, interesting. <clears throat> yes. Well, yes. that's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> well, Larry, yeah. I'm uh, absolutely honored that you took the time to Oh please! I'm me. I'm honored that you came, called out to me, and I've had a I've had a ball, and uh, I see I'm in, in some uh, some um, high end company with your well, previous interviews. So thank you, Craig. It's been a pleasure. It is a blast. That LarryShow.com, uh, check it out. Uh, I'm be prepared. It's adult, but this is America freedom. You know, you can choose well, what you listen to. You know what, people sometimes people do complain about that, Craig, and yeah. I get that. I really do because, but I will always say. My show and, and and when I talk, I am often, often profane. I do use four-letter words, but I am never obscene. Mm. Big difference. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. And there it is. Thank there you again. It. It's been fantastic. Thank you. Had a ball. Don't forget that LarryShow.com is where you can find everything. About Larry Blydner. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Whymailbank.com is the website for this studio and all the shows that originate from it. Theinterviewpodcast.org is how you can find this show and help support it. Don't forget, click on the Donate Today option if you want to help support it. Otherwise, share it out to your friends across the interweb. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Have a great day.